Welcome to the Winning at Business podcast. In my previous life as a tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. I believe business is also a game. As a business owner, the better you understand the rules and play that game will give you the best chance of winning. With my co-host, Shirley Heron, we discuss, unpick, and often rant about the challenges business owners like you face on a daily basis. The topics are driven by the conversations I have with my coaching clients and how they overcome their external and internal barriers that get in the way of winning. So a different one today. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't, we haven't actually spoke about this publicly no. at all, um, but I thought it'd be useful to share the experience that I've had for people listening. But also, um, there are some lessons I've had to learn uh, quite quickly mm-hmm. through the experience. So, start at the beginning, but I'll give the slightly shorter version <laughs> of, of, of what happened. Um, in June, I uh, went to Portugal uh, with, with, with a group of business associates and friends. Um, had a really good time, a uh, bit of dancing on the Irish bar. You know, oh, did you? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> was there alcohol involved? There was alcohol involved, a bit of singing Mr. Brightside and so on. <laughs> and, yeah, a couple of rounds of golf. And uh, the morning, I was due to come home, so I was due to come home in the evening. I uh, woke up in the morning of the day I was due to come home. Couldn't breathe. Just, just couldn't breathe. All that was coming out of my mouth was a, or my chest was like a gurgle. It was a really, really, really wheezy gurgle, really strange. Um, I sort of sat up. Um, managed to sort of calm myself down, I was a little bit anxious, I was like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Sat quietly for a while, um, and uh, packed, <laughs> <laughs> and about had a shower and packed, and about three hours later, I was just like, I don't feel very well, and my arm's hurting, and my neck's really sore, and my chin's a bit sore, and I thought, this is not good. So I went to reception, I asked for a doctor, and next thing I know, I'm sitting on a chair, and an ambulance turns up, and I get taken to hospital. And um, the, the, they were great, they looked after me, lots of stuff there, but then they sent me home with a medical report. And pri- prior to this, I'd been having some follow-up uh, consultations with my doctor about um, potentially having asthma. Mm-hmm. We some acid drugs, but wasn't convinced they were working, so I'd gone in and she'd arranged a blood test for me. Mm-hmm. So I got home on the Saturday, uh, and on the Monday I went for blood tests. And on the Tuesday, I rang um, the doctor's receptionist, PA, to say, look, I've had this thing go on in Portugal, it'd be great if I could have a chat with her. So she squeezed me in on the Friday afternoon, the last appointment on the Friday, before mm-hmm. she was meant to go out for dinner. <laughs> I went to see the, uh, the doctor on, on the, the Friday and um, she said, right, I've got your blood tests. Um, and I said, well, before that, and I handed over the, mm, the medical The reports, discharge notes. discharge notes. And then she looked at them and she's looking at me and she's looking at them and she's looking at me. And I could see her brain going, this is really odd. Mm. Okay. And I think she was in a little bit of shock. Um, find out why in a moment. So uh, basically, she said, "Look, I, I I don't like these numbers, but I can't. Under- I don't read Portuguese. Right. <laughs> and I translated what I could because um, a friend of mine is Portuguese. So she, she said, "Look, I want you to go on to these two drugs because uh, I think you've had an issue with your heart. That's what everything is indicating. Even though they haven't said this, mm-hmm. the numbers are indicating that." I said, "Fine." So I went home. A couple of hours later, it must be seven thirty. The phone rings, and it's my doctor. 
And she said, right, Mr. Taylor, um, had a look at the data, done some Google Translate, <laughs> and put um, the, the, the information in front of a colleague of mine, and we are convinced that you had a mild cardiac arrest whilst in Portugal. Wow. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I feel fine. And bear in mind, I got back on the Saturday, played golf on the Sunday. <laughs> <Okay>. <clears throat> Such a boy. And so she, she said to me, um, I'm going to send you for some tests, an echocardiogram, um, uh, another blood test, just to see where your levels are at, um, an x-ray, and a, uh, yeah, that, I, think that, I think that was it. I can't remember now. I've had so many tests. Mm. Um, uh, and a range of consultation with a cardiac unit. But these were, at West. this point, quite low-key... Yeah, just you know, checking. Checking you know, up. Check up, you know, make yeah, sure everything's exactly. OK. Yeah, exactly that. So I, I went through, told the story to the cardiologist over the phone, as we've just talked about, and she said, OK, well, let, let's get... Oh, she arranged. So that was it. My doctor referred me to the uh, cardiologist. The cardiologist referred me to an echocardiogram and uh, potential angiogram. So I had the echocardiogram and uh, fortunately uh, I had the first appointment of the morning and as I was having it the consultant uh, walked past saw the screen stopped came back said to me while I'm lying on the bed um, okay well normally what happens here is you do this you go home I get sent the results and then I'll arrange an appointment with you Let's have that now. Mm-hmm. And at this point, was your brain starting to go, mm, okay, this, this is, is not, not good. This is not good. Not the thing you're wanting to hear, really, at that point. Correct. So <clears throat> basically, uh, she said and explained to me that looking at the screen, and she's written papers on this, so it was just a, okay, I know what that is. You know, it's like a mechanic going, mm. you know. The, the, the I can see your tyres need tires changing. Tyres changing, yeah. whatever. Um, I have something called aortic stenosis and what that basically means um, in layman's terms as I understand it is a, is a failure of the aortic valve um, you we all, we have valves in our body um, it means that when you're standing up they're one-way valves that stops the blood yeah. pooling in your feet and coming out of your shoelaces um, it, you know it means that you have this your heart acts as a pump and the blood goes one way through your circulatory system provides oxygen to your body mm-hmm. and the aortic, aortic valve is one of the stronger bigger valves in the body it's it's the, the the valve that's the main exit point from the heart into the next into the right. into the body okay it's where it first exit oxygenated blood first goes mm-hmm. you know releases from the heart and they're made up of three valves so if you can picture a mercedes-benz badge mm-hmm. Um, they're not a partner, by the way. Um, <laughs> sponsored by. <laughs> sponsored sponsor by. But if you picture a Mercedes-Benz pal, uh, badge, you've got those sort of three sections to yep. it, and that's what your valve pretty much looks like. And they op- they as blood goes through, and then the, the blood coming back down acts as a, a, a pressure, acts mm-hmm. as pressure to close the valve with suction. Right. Now, I was born with something called a, a bicuspid valve. So I have two leaves rather than three leaves, um, which is tricuspid. Okay. And w- what that means is that the two leaves have had to work hard. Super hard. Super hard. Plus, I have a predisposition. Uh, and that's quite a common genetic defect, yep. by the way. Lots of people have bicuspid valves. Um, but I have a predisposition to calcification, like some people have 
predisposition to more plaque. Mm. Or some people get fillings and never brush their teeth. And mm. um, sorry, some people never get fillings. Yeah, and never brush their teeth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and uh, some people go grayer or bald or mm. whatever. So as the blood goes through the valve, it leaves calcium deposits because I've had a very active lifestyle. A lot more blood has gone through mm. my my those valves, which is poorly designed because there's two leaves rather than three. So I've got more calcium. That calcium has built up and it's hardened the leaves. So when they shut, they don't shut with a vacuum seal. Right. So my heart's had to work harder and harder and harder to make up for the lack of pump, if you like, going okay. through. So it's like a shower getting weaker and yeah. weaker because of the lime scale, the lime scale up. building up. That's how, kind of how I think mm. of it. And um, eventually the pump fails. Mm-hmm. So the the um, I'm getting maybe 40, 45% of my oxygen requirements into wow. my blood bloodstream currently, which is very, very low. Mm. Um, and I can manage, but every week's a little bit harder than the previous week, yeah. and I get very breathless, I get very tired, I'm exhausted all the time and stuff like that. Um, thankfully, there is a, a cure. Yeah. Um, they, they grade them as mild, moderate, uh, severe critical mm-hmm. um, when I had the tests a couple of months ago I was severe I've been upgraded to critical um, it, it basically the, the solution is open heart surgery if I was 70 they could do a minimal invasive one but they don't offer that to younger people um, so it's open heart surgery join the zipper club as, as <laughs> we're joking about they'll remove they'll basically stop my heart stop my lungs put me on a bypass machine that will breathe and pump um, mm. blood around for me and oxygen around my body for me. Uh, they'll remove the valve and replace it with either a mechanical or organic valve. Organic one will last 15, 20 years, but you don't need drugs. Mechanical one, you'll need like blood thinners, right. which is fine. It's not taking an aspirin, um, but it lasts forever. Right. Um, three odd months to cover, to recover, to kind of get back, mm-hmm. feeling strong and start to you know, my, my goal is when can I swing a golf club again? Yeah. <laughs> like Get the important things first. Um, but the, the amazing thing is it's fully, fully curative. Mm. And uh, talking about it for two reasons. One, because I think um, it, it's important. I'm not doing this for likes. No. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's not going to be posted on LinkedIn with a photo of me going, hopefully I get some love. <laughs> um, because I think it's important to remember that we can all perceive people, and, and I, I'm very aware that there are some people out there who look at me and go, you know, I like Ash, he's a nice guy, and he seems to have it together. Mm-hmm. I know there are people who look at me and go, what a knob, mm-hmm. as well, that's fine. But behind everybody is, a, is an internal story that yeah. you don't know You have know no about. idea what's going on. Yeah, so I think, I think part of sharing this is about remembering to be kind to people because you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. You know, so I guess there's an apology from me that if I've been a bit off or slow to communicate with people, it's because I'm going through some, some stuff. Yeah. But also because from the business's perspective, um, you know, I mean, personally, it's been a shock. Yeah. Personally, it's been um, something that at 50 odd, when I was diagnosed, um, just before my 51st birthday, it's, you know, I've had to tell friends who are the same age as me and they're just like, what the... Yeah. Because it's kind of opened up their own. Yeah, it brings it home, doesn't you it? You know, mortality. But I'm only 50. Mm. And and the bonus, you know, as a consultant keeps telling me, you, I am extremely low risk. 
Mm -hmm. I'm young, big smile, (laughs) fit, healthy, good diet, Mm -hmm. got everything going for me in that respect. Um, You're not overweight. Not overweight, don't smoke, don't drink to excess every night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, I'm I'm very self-aware about what I put Mm -hmm. in my body and how I look after myself. So, uh, and that really will put me in good stead in terms of one, survival, and two, um, uh, recovery. Yeah. And and I th- I, th- I guess, I mean, you've been through you know, a, a traumatic experience yourself recently with, with your operation, and mm-hmm. that's taken recovery time, and mm-hmm. there is always blips and setbacks and yep. all the rest of it. And I, I, I what's really, really brought home to me is, well, how do I... This is a risk to the business. Now, a lot of people say, well, who cares about the business? This is your life. Mm. This is your heart. You know, how your family feels and how you feel is more important than the business. But I kind of take the view that this is an opportunity for me to stress test the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not obsessed, I promise. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of people, my clients, that I care deeply about mm-hmm. who I like to serve to the best of my ability as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And there are more clients that potentially who are out there that I would like to have the same relationship with. And it, I feel it would be sad if, because of this, the business suffered mm-hmm. in, in that respect. I've also got a responsibility to the team around me as well to, to keep it ticking over. So we've had to have a lot of conversations about how do we manage the, the possibility, the probability, the likelihood... You see where my 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 head yeah. had to go. Um, the, the 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 eventuality that's probably the best word that I will be out probably for a minimum of three weeks, mm. but anything up to six weeks. Yeah. How how do we continue communication with clients? How do we how do we keep growing? Yeah. How do we continue to onboard and and sell mm-hmm. and bring people into this brilliant community that I think we you know that I believe we've built. And it's, it's just got us really thinking about lots of questions that maybe we've not asked, asked ourselves before. We've had to put um, a lot of thinking into what direction the business is going, why are we doing it, what's important to us, what are the values, mm. um, what's the minimal viable product we can deliver and still give value. value. Yeah. Um, what's the worst that happens? Yeah. Okay. I don't come back. Mm-hmm. So we've had to put steps in place to manage that as well. Little things like Kay doesn't know how to log onto the website. Yeah. And yet she's a director. Yeah. So we've you know given my last pass details so she mm-hmm. can access everything that's required and, and so on and so forth. And it just it just I, I I think there's an element of with all entrepreneurs that you can go through building your business with a slightly laissez-faire attitude and. Yeah. I'll worry about it when. Now, well, what if I'm when? You're, you're, you <laughs> I'm are the when. the when has now happened. Yeah, exactly. I'm at the when, and and it's been a. It's not a tough lesson at all. I'm not sharing this because because you know, uh, I went through the one minute pity party. <laughs> I know I'm allowed five when I'm talking to Shirley, but <laughs> I went through the one minute pity party, which is understandable, yeah, of course. And and, but it, it, I actually see it as a really exciting opportunity, opportunity. because. I've had a fitness health, stroke health ceiling, and therefore a well-being ceiling on mm-hmm. me. And me being me, every time I couldn't finish a run, every time I struggled in the gym, I was like, 
you fat sod work harder yeah well all I've done is put more pressure on my heart yeah and actually now I know there's a reason mm -hmm. so this is all being well you know touch wood mm. it's fully curative yeah it doesn't mean there might be little setbacks and stuff but I will be able to get back to a level of health and fitness and well-being and confidence that perhaps I haven't had for 20 years yeah. since I was in my 30s. I've had this condition all my life. I've only just discovered it. Yeah. It's never been a problem. How much of it bothering me is because I'm aware of it, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but breathing is definitely difficult, harder today, mm. more difficult today than it was a month ago. Yeah. Okay. That's the other problem with this condition is it's accelerative. Yeah. Okay. So, but coming back to the business perspective, we, we've had to ask some really, really good questions. Yep. Some really good questions. And I think we've come up with some, some super answers. And the thing that I've loved about it is that other people in and around the business have really stepped up. Yeah. And it makes me think that actually all the work that we've put in, the risks we've taken, the mistakes I've made, the, 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 the vision I've had for the business... Whilst not perfect, I've got it right because I've got the right people, both in terms of clients and team around me. Um, and that that's really gratifying. Yeah. That's really, really gratifying. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's relevant to share exactly the detail of what we've put in place at this stage. No. I think I think I think in some time, respects, though, you're quite... I hate to say the word lucky, but you are lucky in the sense of obviously you didn't die from your heart attack in Portugal, which is always a bonus. But but also this is not you have the opportunity to, to have time to put these things in place. Yes. Yes. yes, you you know, it's accelerative and you are struggling more week on week, but it's not something that. You had the heart attack, you were in hospital, and that was it. You were then, that was your start mm. of your three mm. to six weeks out of the business. I've had time to You've plan. You've had time to plan. You've had time to go, yeah. okay, well, what can I put in place? What support do I need? Yeah. Who's going to do it? What things do we need to just drop for that time being? Because there's going to be some things that don't happen, and that's okay. What yeah. things can we do instead? Yeah. And, and in a way... This is me trying to see the positives in it. But in a way, it is an opportunity because, it, like you said, it gives you the opportunity to see how does the business cope when you're not doing all the things. But also, sometimes these most difficult of situations give you that opportunity to almost pivot your business a bit and go, okay, well, I hadn't thought about doing this until this situation came up, but actually, that worked really well. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe somebody can who's stepping in temporarily can actually do more of that. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. And uh, it's... It's allowed me to look at the business in a way I've never looked at it before. Mm. It's allowed me to go, well, how do we deliver effectively if mm. I'm not around? That, you know, I've got the best clients in the world. I don't care what anybody says, and anybody listening to this who's got clients, my clients are better than yours. Okay? <laughs> I have the best clients in the world. And I know that if I'm off for three weeks, they're not going to care. No. No, no. And if they do... But the reason, yeah. we, I wouldn't go so far as to say don't care, but they're not going to be demanding no. you on, well, why aren't they getting? But that's because, that's testament to the, the energy and effort that you've put into them. And, it, it, you know, it's reciprocal. Yeah, and, and I hope so. But also it's got me thinking about, well, assuming I am off, you know, if, let's say it becomes six weeks. Mm. What what can what can we do as a business to continue to deliver value when I it's not coming yeah. directly from me? 
Yeah. And then that got me thinking, well, why can't I do that when I'm on holiday? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and, and small things like that. Mm. How many, you know, shock horror, maybe we need to pre-record some of these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and put some of them in the bank. Mm. Maybe I need to pre-write some of my emails, which I write. Mm. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into writing the emails every week. Um, it's just small things like that that actually on their own you just would you would dismiss as being unimportant. Mm. But it's in me to want to continue to deliver mm. value. So this is an opportunity potentially to create a business that delivers more value mm. than we currently do. So, so quite it's exciting. A, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting question as well because having been through this experience in the last couple of months, what would you what have you learned? What would you say to other businesses who are maybe in that slightly invincible state of oh well it's not going to happen to me because I'm young and I'm fit and whatever what what if if you the age old if you knew then what you know now would you have done anything differently would you have put more planning into place for your business in in the in case something happened it is a thing the invulnerability complex um it won't happen to me Mm. um would it's a really difficult question difficult question I think the answer is no mm. I think I think the answer is even knowing what I know now if you took me back six months ago and you said right in three months time you're gonna have a heart attack and have to do yeah. this blah 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 um, I there's a part of me because this is how we're built that will just go nah it won't happen to me mm. <laughs> even though I know it's gonna happen weirdly because yeah. that's how we built or I'll deal with that nearer the time. Yeah, <laughs> because you don't want to phase it in and so on and so forth until it is real. And, and I don't know because I'm not in that situation, I guess. Mm. I, I'd like to think I would behave a little bit differently. I'd like to think that I probably would have put some risk management mm. processes in place first. Um, I guess the other question is, would it have made a difference? Well, I was just, I was I just wondering whether anyone can learn... You know, listening to this can can learn. You know, are there any yeah. lessons from your business? You know, because it, it it might not be a heart attack. It might be I don't know breaking a leg. Whatever. Breaking a leg. You know, my my friend's chiropractor broke her leg. Couldn't do. It. She's couldn't not deliver. been able to work for two months. Yeah. You know, you, your wife could have a, a car accident. Your kid could get sick. There's yeah. lots of reasons that would pull you away from the business in a really important way. Well, I had a motorbike accident in two thousand. So about 2001, maybe 2002, 2003, maybe later. I can't remember now. Mm. But it, 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 at that point, yeah, that was that was the trigger for me to get a job with the Lawn Tennis Association. So it must have been about 2004. Because mm. I suddenly, I was coaching full time and I suddenly realised, I, I, I can't do this. It's too risky. Maybe w- w- one thing I would urge people to do if they don't have it is key management. Mm. You can insure yourself against situations like this, so it will pay out if you're off mm. for periods of time. It's very affordable. I don't sell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know people who do. Yeah. Um, my critical illness cover didn't kick in because I'm not mm. in enough danger, if that makes sense. <laughs> Bizarrely. <laughs> Bizarrely. Um, what about processes and stuff? Because you talked a little yeah. bit about things like Kay not having... Um, yeah, you know, the, you're right. The password to to the website and yeah. and things, you know, it, are there 
we're all good at doing the things but not documenting right. the things you know so boring would, uh, oh yeah it's boring of course <laughs> but like I think other people listening to this you know can you can you learn from that you yeah. know at the very least should should you have a nominated person who has access to your passwords or I, I think there are there are probably three or four things I would do now I've had time to reflect on what <laughs> I, I would definitely look at key managers. I would definitely nominate someone to act on your behalf, especially if you're a one-man mm. um, provider. Nominate someone to act on your behalf in case you're incapacitated. Someone who can write the checks, someone who can make decisions on your behalf, someone who can get access to um, systems, processes, bank details, back end of the website, whatever mm. it is. Okay. Um, I would write, and this is the boring bit and the bit I resist, but it is probably the most important thing. I would write down everything that you do. Mm-hmm. I, I to the point that you do the obvious. I always always remember me, in my old business we did a campaign, and we had a load of flyers go out to a schools and a new area, new schools, and we knew we just knew because we'd done it so many times before schools are between about 4 30 and 6 o'clock the phone would ring and my manager at the time she was going on holiday for a week and I was like oh, I'm gonna have to answer the phones which is fine so she showed me and she wrote up processes how to answer the phones and you know what to say and how to take payment over the phone because that was before we did online booking on the website yeah. and money taking payments and I knew exactly what to do I was quite excited and I sat there on the first day it was a Tuesday I remember the phone rang and I picked it up you know Ash Taylor Tennis Ash speaking <laughs> I can help you there's no one there there's no one there what's going on this is really weird phone rings again pick it up same thing happens what she hadn't told me is that after out of hours you had to when you picked up the phone you had to put a code in because all every, everything went through. I can't remember how it worked, but everything went straight through to reception because the assumption is that mm-hmm. you weren't there. So you had to put a code in to redirect it back to you, just right. the way the system mm-hmm. worked. But she just did that through habit. Yeah. And she'd forgotten to tell me. Yeah. And it, it, it's the equivalent of showing your showing people exactly how to. Um, do stuff on your computer but not telling them the password to log in because you yeah. just do it automatically without thinking mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of going um, this is how you can look at stuff on my phone but because you're so used to uh, getting into it through face ID mm. you don't tell them the passcode yeah so it, it's the simple things yeah the really that are easy to forget. It's, you know it's the, it's, the, it's the fire alarm code when you get into the building yeah that sort of stuff uh, they're the things that are most important, the ones that are most obvious and that you care least about are the things that will Stum- get you unstuck yeah. and, mm. and create stumbling blocks for people. So, yeah, writing processes at the moment, which I hate, but it will help. I know Hannah was keen to, you know, future-proof your business and manage all your risk. Was there anything that... I'm she's sure she spiked my drinks. <laughs> well, she's got a lot of experience in, in that area, hasn't she? Yeah. So was there anything that Hannah brought up that you hadn't thought of? Um, no, not really, because she's nagged me about it often enough before. Right. So we just had a really good conversation, and we still are having conversations about what what we can do and how we can manage it. And, and I think the thing that's come out of it, actually, the other thing that's come out of it, the fourth thing, is think about what you can 
get rid of. Mm. The, the less complexity you have, and we'd already started this several months ago anyway, you know, we've cut a lot of apps, we've, we've you know, we're, we're moving to a new CRM just to make, because it's going to have less workarounds and therefore less add-on apps and so mm. on and so forth. We're, we're making sure everybody does payment just through one payment system rather than three or four. Okay, we may lose some customers for that. I don't care because simplicity for me is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and the simpler your business is, the less that can go wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.